fuck. This thing runs on fucking stupid sometimes. Okay, now it looks like we're good. <clears throat> you ready? Yep. All right, on three, two, one. One favorite fat duo here with the other half, my buddy Austin. Austin, sir, how have you been since we last saw each other for a, a good sit down? Busy. Got election day here in a little a little over a week. So here we go. Yeah. Busy schedule. Yeah, me too. Been busy running around, fucking working, trying to satisfy people, and fucking yeah. <laughs> slaving myself away. Uh, speaking of slaving away, tomorrow is Father's Day. Uh, I really don't know how I feel about this day other than it sucks. It's a shit day. Um, I don't think it's as important as uh, Mother's Day. And I'm not saying that's how my personal opinion is. I'm saying that that's how it's perceived. See, women get a day at the spa and all that shit. Men really don't get shit. Just a regular day. That being said, we should talk about that. Like uh, maybe instead of spending so much time talking about equality for women for shit they already have, um, maybe instead of spending time worrying about equal pay when we already know there is no pay gap, maybe we could talk about men suffering for once. Just for a change. We never talk about that shit. And it's pretty, I'm not gonna lie, it's, it's pretty fucking frustrating. We never talk about how Men get treated like shit, too. Uh, God. I don't even know where to begin with this. I don't even know where I was going with that. Other than this, Father's Day is not as fun. There we go. I don't know if that's every father out there. I'm a dad. To me, it's just another day because I'm like, you know what? I'm a dad 364 days of the year anyway, so just another day. But I don't think it's as cool as Mother's Day. Mother's Day, Pandora does shit for them. You know, the jewelry store. The fucking spas, like I said, do something for them. The restaurants do something for them. For Father's Day, it's like Walmart's got a sale on the fucking kink, you know, the little khakis. Or if you're bo- and from Boston, that's what, how you call your car keys, as you pronounce them, khakis. Um, nothing exciting ever happens for men. And in fact, this goes deep. Like this, this is what I was trying to get to earlier before I lost the fucking track of what I was saying. This is, like, deeply rooted, all right? I'm about to sound very millennial right now. This suffering for men is deeply rooted in the fucking chapters that we like to hide called abuse, other things, such as Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, right? Total example. Will Smith and the bald chick. Total example. This is – we don't ever talk about men suffering. We don't talk about the fact that men can be abused, that men can this and that, because it's like Chris Rock once famously fucking said – Men are not loved unconditionally. They are loved under. They are loved under basically the. I'm trying to figure out the, how how the fuck I would word this. I'm so angry. Men basically aren't loved unconditionally unless, not even unless, men have to provide. You know, work. They have to be present for their kids. They're loved on that basis, but they aren't loved unconditionally like women or children are. That's a stand-up special, and I fucking agree with it almost 100%. We never, ever talk about the fact that men get treated like shit, that the suicide rate is higher in men, the imprisonment rate is higher in men, 
the fucking divorce rate, the person that gets fucked over the most, men. We never talk about this shit. It's always, it's always the same fucking people too on Twitter that if you say something, they shut you down. There's some feminist fucking weird way to spell fat and single, by the way. But it's some pink-haired feminist that's always got to run her mouth, say something stupid. This shuts you down. So then we can't have these conversations about how men have it fucking worse. And I already know this is going to be a controversial opening because people are going to hear that and be like, huh, what a real dick. Women have to give birth. Men have to deal with women. Daniel Tosh said that too. Not that him and Chris Rock are related, but the, the point I'm making here is as I've said numerous times already in this fucking rant, we're not talking about how men suffer too. And it almost seems like nothing's being done about it. In fact, men are destroyed more. They're targeted more, especially in the black community. We've touched on this before. This is like where it starts. They're told they're not going to be shit when they're a kid. They're raised to not be shit. They leave the house and they're not shit. Then the mother, single, has children probably, is on government assistance. And if she's not, the fucking dude has to pay child support. I mean, he should, in my opinion. That's not where I was going with that. But the men are attacked before they even become men. Especially in this day and age, they're told you can't be masculine. You can't be an alpha. Whatever. You can't be any of those things if you want to be a fucking person. Like, apparently, it's not okay. Because we come up with these terms that do nothing but belittle people and make people feel like shit on the inside. Words such as toxic masculinity and all this bullshit is created by these online fucking Twitter marks that make it so hard for people to even want to excel in life. See, I'm just going off the track again. I'm just fucking... I'm irritated because this is just another fucking day, basically. And you know what? I'm not talking about me for personal experience. I've always had good Father's Days because my kids tell me they love me. My wife tells me she loves me and then does something nice for me. But in general, Father's Day is not as cool as Mother's Day for obvious reasons. In this day and age, there is no such thing as being a father or being part of the nuclear family because all that gets shit on, again, by these fucking assholes on Twitter. All these little fucking children, these clowns that sit there and they just type and, and just fucking complain away. Oh, we don't like that. Cancel. These fucking children, these little bastards that think they have any sort of fucking balls in them to stand in front of a person behind a screen, by the way, not even in front of a person, but behind a screen and say, I'm offended. These little fuck faces, dude, are so arrogant. They actually believe, actually believe that they don't need to be offended. And they're the primary reason why we can't have this conversation right now that I'm talking about in terms of Father's Day. I gotta cool off for a second. I'm so fucking irritated. Go ahead, sorry. Mind me, dude, don't even worry about it. My dog's having like a panic attack. Like there was someone in our front. No, you're fine. I totally forgot you were gone for a second because I started rambling on, dude. Like... Mm. I get fired <laughs> up over shit like this so badly, dude. I almost started saying like shit that I shouldn't say. Like I almost went like these. <laughs> I, I, I kind of like. I don't know. I guess I just basically like played over what I was gonna say. I was like, um, these Twitter marks and blah blah. blah. 
what I meant to say was you have all these little sensitive faggots that love to cry and complain. And you can't say faggot. Yeah, shut up, faggot. And then just back and forth. But the reason I was talking about that was because I was talking about how shitty it is that Father's Day isn't as cool as Mother's Day. The reason why is because there are not dads present. Most of the time, the ones that aren't get attacked constantly by fucking society, by everywhere, dude. Me being a parent, being present in my child's life is considered offensive to some little fuckface. I don't know if you can see what I'm doing right now, but I'm speaking Italian so damn hard. Like, <laughs> I'm just, I, I'm irritated, dude, because we never talk about this shit. We don't talk about the fact that men get treated like shit. And I made a mistake in my opening statement saying that men get treated like shit more than women. But men definitely have a stick further up their ass than women do. This shit's so frustrating. It like it blows me up because I'm like, oh my god, I just want to like scream at people. But it's because I look at shit online, dude. I feed into this way too much. But like I said, I was sitting here thinking like, oh yeah, tomorrow's Father's Day. What do I want to do? And I got to thinking like, damn, there's really nothing out there to do because they just they direct everything cool for Mother's Day. It's like, ah, eh, he's a father, whatever. Well, it's like you can't even be a father anyway. I think I'm just talking about a million different things. But <clears throat> welcome to the show, everybody. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, a, a cool new movie, hopefully two new movies, um, both from Daily Wire. Uh, before we get on to the, the priority, Austin, did you sit down and watch What is a Woman? Yes, I did. Okay. <clears throat> I want to do a quick rundown or review of that because I liked it. I thought it was good. Really did. It was a little corny, but I think that was intentional. But what I like, dude, is it's not insulting. Like, you could be a person <laughs> that fully supports the gender dysphoria movement, but this movie doesn't um, it doesn't attack you in any way if you were. This is something where, like I said, if you supported that or you were that or whatever, you could sit down and watch this. It's very educational. It's not... You know, it's not like a, an attack on your feelings or nothing. It's it's really just about this smart-ass dude that we know is a smart-ass travels around the world to talk to different people to ask one simple question, what is a woman? He talks to people, they can't answer it. He talks to doctors, they can't answer it. Talks to therapists, they can't answer it. He talks to people around the world, like in Africa. They laugh in his fucking face when he's talking about this. But nobody can seem to answer this question. And so he's like, let's uh let's get to the you know the bone of this. Let's really discuss this with people in this field, like the doctor in the beginning of the movie, without spoiling it. Um the gender affirmation doctor, you know what I'm talking about? Short hair. Yeah. Yeah, like she was the yeah. nicest one there was, but he stumps her and she's just like, eh, I don't really like where this is going. And she's telling them about how it's all about affirming their reality versus the reality that Matt Walsh talks about. He does this with every single person he talks to as, as well. I liked this movie because, it, like I said, it wasn't meant to attack transgender people. It was meant to kind of provide data like, hey, look what's happening right now in the world before you send your kid into a gender fucking therapist or to cut their shit off and take pills that are used to neuter 
pedophiles. Look at all the stuff, you know, the research. There's practically none. Look at how these doctors handle this. Like, this is something that should really concern you. Whether you agree with it or not, at least look at the risks. And that's what this movie does. I liked it, man. It was, it was This was a really good documentary. The, the quality of it was great, too. It didn't necessarily feel like just a Daily Wire product. This felt like something I could watch on Discovery or whatever. But given the content, it's very clearly from Daily Wire. I loved it. Never a dull moment. I thought it was great. What do you think of it? Um, I thought it was really good. Um, it pissed me off in some spots. Um, Wait, why did it piss you off? <clears throat> like, like there are some people. There are some people like this woman is so lost, or yeah. this person is so stupid. <clears throat> but like, there when she talked, when Matt talks to that, um, that transsexual lady to dude. Sorry. <laughs> and 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 she's like, "Yo, um, we shouldn't be we shouldn't be um transitioning kids." And um goes through and and she and she gets really worked up. She's like, "Look at this!" It shows like all the horrible scarring. Yeah, that shit was and, like, really fucked up. On her leg, arm. Just this is what we're telling kids we can that we should do. Yeah. Like, damn. Well, that shit was almost a tearjerker because that's a real person that was like, I'm fucked. If I go back, I could die because I've mutilated my body, but I could never be a full man. This person's basically stuck in like a capsule. <laughs> like, this person's just using this body now as a life preserve. Like, this person's nothing if you think about it. Like, that sucks. That's depressing. But even she's like, dude, look at this shit. Like, Look at the dollar sign we're putting on kids' heads now. And she even says exclusively that this is clearly a money-making thing. And you can't do anything about it. They even bring in the guy from Canada. I don't know if you ever read about him, but I was shocked that they had him as an interviewee or whatever on the you know on the movie. I was like, holy shit, I remember this case. That guy got arrested for misgendering his child in Canada. And I was like, that's scary because we're not far off from that. That's coming here. You were about go ahead. Oh, that's one of the other that's one of the other spots where I was getting that made me real upset. Right, dude. It's fucking it's, it's like crazy. That. If you came if you came for my kid, you're gonna have to shoot your way in to take my kid. Exactly, dude. That's that's where this is getting. And I think that's the point of this movie is Matt Walsh his story is trying to show you that we've gone so far off the deep end that we're at a point now where you may have to like put your life on the line to protect your children. I don't know where I saw this on Facebook, but I found it and I reposted it. It's a picture of a mom and a dad holding up an umbrella over their two children. And there's a gay cloud coming down. <laughs> it's the rainbow. And it was like, I don't know who made this, but felt it. And I was like, yeah, that's how it feels. Like you literally have to protect your kids from indoctrination. Like you have to protect them from some shit that's being enforced on them by teachers by therapists now by the law like that's fucking crazy all i gotta say is even if you're a person that doesn't like matt walsh or daily wire or any of that stuff this movie is definitely like worth watching because i've already talked to some people that 
they watched it. They're a very hardcore liberal, but they're like, I want to see it. And they watched it and they were like, yeah, that was very informative. And that's the point of it. It's not supposed to be an attack piece, but that was a pretty damn good documentary. I got to give it like three and a half stars. That was fucking great. That's where I would rate it. Yeah, it was, it was okay. very entertaining. Uh, there are some parts that were really freaking hilarious. Yeah, dude, and some of the shit was funny. I do really like Matt Walsh, so yeah, I, I gave Me too. it. A, I gave it a um, a three out of five. Um, I think it's a good watch for everybody. I think everybody should watch it once. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very informative. It's a good movie. I love Matt Walsh, too. I don't agree with a lot of the stuff he says. Like, I posted, I don't know if you saw, but I posted an article in our page as well as our group about how he was talking about how porn can destroy marriages and stuff like that. And that's where I'm like, I don't really agree with him because he's the same guy that said porn should be illegal. And I'm like, eh, that's kind of crossing a line with free speech. So I don't agree with that. He's very hardcore on that. But I love Matt Walsh. He's fucking hilarious, man. That guy is, he's like Ben Shapiro. He's smart, but he's, just a fucking smart ass, so you know. <laughs> that's my shit, dude. That's my, that's gonna be my ringtone, sweet baby gang. <laughs> that's the shit. Um, have you heard the Sweet Caroline version? It's like Sweet Baby Gang. <laughs> I have not, no. Dude, that's worth checking out. Um, let's talk about the priority though. Um, priority was we were gonna talk about Daily Wire's newest film, Terror on the Prairie, with Gina Carano and. A bunch of other people, actually. A lot of celebrities were in this one. The guy that played the villain, I didn't know that he was in a show I used to watch as a kid. And I was like, I recognize him somewhere. He's in a bunch of movies, but like I just never really put a fucking face to it, you know? And then the husband character, that's a UFC fighter. I was like, wait a minute, that's fucking cowboy. And so, you know, that was cool to see, too. Um, Getting down to it, though, this is a badass Western movie. It's really actually not a Western. It takes place in, you know, the Wild West, you know, sure. But this is more of a movie that has like a, it resembles the first two movies that they made um, or two out of the four that they've made. So like Run, Hide, Fight, Shut In and Terror on the Prairie all have something in common. Protect what's yours. Survival. There's all these themes that are, you know, they all they are kind of the same and they all have lead female roles, which is. Cool, you know, like I'm, I'm not going to bitch about it. Apparently, there was a group of pansies that were bitching about that. And I was like, well, I'm sure they're not intentionally going, let's find female lead roles. Like, I think they're just looking for the best story, and they're like, oh, this happens to be better. So I don't understand where people were bitching about that. I thought it was a good movie. Um, that one was for sure a fucking four-star movie. That was great. There were some times where it was very quiet, and I had a hard time understanding it, so I had to turn the fucking subtitles on. Dude, I had my phone on all the way, and I couldn't get subtitles on. So I'm, like, (laughs) leaning up against, like, what the hell did Gina just say? And then all of a sudden, she shoots a gun. I'm like, God, my ears! Yeah, dude, no, the fucking, the shootout scenes are cool, too. It's very realistic. This movie's super gritty, too. Like, the beginning scene alone is what had me hooked. When they go to scalp that dude, and I was like, ah, fuck! And I I was in, I was hooked. Um, there are some parts of it that I think are fucking stupid, but I'm not going to spoil it. I for sure gave this movie a four stars. This was a badass movie. I loved it. It was worth the wait. I'm still going to say this, though. I wasn't as satisfied as Shut In. To me, Shut In is my favorite. I love all of them. 
Terror on the Prairie is great, but so far my favorite is still shut in. This one was good, though, man. It was worth the wait. We had been waiting, like, what, two years now? So the time finally came to see it, and I was like, yes, totally satisfying. Apparently, Gina's going to be doing some more shit with them, so that's cool. Okay. Firstly, the most attractive woman on the planet's in this movie, okay? No doubt. Next level. Number two. God, the writing in this needed work. Oh, what? God. You didn't like the story? The amount of times where I'm screaming at my TV, shoot, shoot right now. Shoot right, shoot, shoot right now. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to spoil it for a second. You know what really had me fucked up where I was like, the writing in this is not good? It was when they finally catch up to her and the kid. And the whole time, I'm like, why won't they fucking kill her? I just, like, I had to go back and see what I missed. No, I... She's bait. Yeah, exactly. But, but the, what made me mad is when they're there and fucking dude shows up on the horse, they all hear him. He gets off and then just jumps on the two. I was no, like, that's the longest chase That is the longest chase sequence and it's the slowest chase sequence I've ever seen in my entire life. Dude, and it's a it's a it's a Mexican standoff that turns into them whooping his ass. And then they're talking about how they're gonna kill him, and then they take him back to the house. And I'm like, dude, none of this was necessary. They could have had their heart to heart moment where he's talking about why he wants vengeance and all that. They did that, but they did it so long. The beating, the get up, the walking to the house, the hanging on the house, the talking. I was like, holy shit. This part is taking forever. If I wanted to kill a motherfucker, I probably would have done it when he jumped on my boy off of his horse. That made no sense to me, dude. That felt like the longest 10 minutes of my life. I was like, dude, this has been at least 30 minutes. And I looked at my watch, and I was like, damn, it's almost over, and it's only been like 10 fucking minutes. But that chase scene was long as shit. Started off right at the very beginning really, really good. Oh yeah. I mean, the beginning this was the best movie part. is gorgeous, by the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's absolutely yeah. gorgeous. It starts out really good. Then, at at the very begin, at right when the very beginning, when the first fighting starts happening, it's really really good. But toward the middle, it just gets to a point where there's so many opportunities for her to end this thing, and she doesn't. And I don't right. want to hear. Oh, she's not a very good shot. She's shooting a shotgun from ten me- from five feet away. <laughs> How has she not shot this kid yet? Right. Ridiculous. The acting in it was good too, though. I thought the acting was great. The only complaint I had was the the little pompous trick that tried to that fucked up his cover basically and said her husband's name and she blows him away. His acting was pretty fucking terrible in that scene. He did great up until then. Like, he was fully believable as the badass he was supposed to be. And then he, like, sheds a little skin to show her that he's the good guy. But it's so corny. You just catch it right away. You're like, this is so fucking... and eh, cheese. But I don't really have a lot to complain about. I mean, uh, it's not my favorite of the four that they've done, but it is hands down the best. I think this is probably the best one they've done. I, don't know, I just, 
it doesn't get any better than this. I'm sure they'll surpass it. It looks good. Uh, we've said this about the last few movies. They all looked like Hollywood material movies. So, you know, the cinematography is great. Acting is great. The fucking lighting could have had some help. But it's supposed to look like a gritty Western. So, I mean, they succeeded in that. It's really grungy looking. I liked it. Gina Carano's a badass, as usual. This is her first lead role. So, I mean, kudos. You know, that was pretty cool. But, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was worth it. I mean, like I said, some things could have been done. But that's all these movies. Because we liked them all. The dialogue could have been better. Yeah. I, th- I think the writing on how long some of these interactions happen and things really could have really could have done better. Yeah, they and, felt kind of awkward. Uh, but I think overall, it's a solid movie. And I'm definitely, I think it is better than all the other ones. Because... I will watch this movie again. Oh, yeah. I've watched it three times already. <laughs> um, I I won't watch Shut In again. That's my favorite one, but no, I'll admit this one is definitely the best one of all of them. I don't know why. Shut In is just my favorite because it's like a thriller in a sense. It's more on the scary movie. But this one was good. Um, I think the only one that was disappointing was the... The fucking superhero one. I mean, I liked it. It was enjoyable as a family movie, but it was highly disappointing. I think it was trash. <laughs> well, I knew you would, because I was like, this dude's going to go in expecting Iron Man. No, I went, in, trailer. I, went, I went in and expected a cool, like, a cool, like, rip off of what, like, Fantastic Four should be. Like, an actual family film. But except it's a bunch of freaking losers crying all the time my daddy didn't love me and like he's not your dad stop it there i have no feelings for anybody in this movie you all are a bunch of whiny babies shut the hell up like i felt i didn't feel any emotional connection to a single person in that entire they make you feel want to feel bad for that little black kid that's super strong but there's zero emotional connection in this. You're just like, oh, cool. You had super strength. You lost it. Sucks to be you. Like, maybe you should have broke the rules, you freaking jigaboo. Jesus. Get a little hard day in there. And then there's the freaking, that blonde chick. It's like, oh, my daddy didn't love me. But it's like, yo, why do I care about you? You're just some blonde bimbo retard. Who broke right. a bunch of rules? Who didn't do anything she was told? So exactly. you're so he had to take your powers away because you were being retarded. Like that's not yeah. his fault. You're retarded. This isn't right. on him. Maybe you should learn to not be a horrible person. You nincompoop. I don't care for any of these people. That movie was. <laughs> I've never watched that movie again. I had to fight to get through it. I was I watched TikTok for thirty percent of that movie probably. I just couldn't hold my attention. Well, it was done pretty, like, horribly. It looked kind of bad, too. Like, it looked really cheesy. You know, it looked like a straight-to-DVD movie. The the credit I gave it was it looks cool. It looks like it, like, but it felt so much like a bad ripoff, like the great value version of Umbrella Academy. Right. And, yeah, it was, it was done really awkward. And Umbrella Academy's not done super well, so when it's, like, a super cheap version of it, it's really bad. I just the 
this produced it was produced well the bench that was nice i mean the trailers had me really excited for something that was gonna be like fun funny and about family not about superheroes and all this stuff and then i watched it it was just a crappy film with just people crying all the time with bad stunts and horrible dialogue and zero character development it's the well i thought it was gonna be i thought it was gonna be a comedy but yeah i ended up not laughing at all the entire time i I didn't laugh a single time it was uh they only laughed at like the beginning but yeah it was definitely a dud and the story behind it was they picked it up when it i think when it was being filmed or something like that and they just knew it wasn't going to work out because you know the topic is not what hollywood wants so they picked it up and were like yeah let's finish it and then went from there so this was obviously like a cash grab for them i mean they made money off of it they had a lot of views so i mean hey they did what they were supposed to do but yeah it wasn't the best one one, the best one is uh terror on the prairie number two i think is run hide fight number three is shut in number four is the hyperions hyperions is four on mine Three is Run, Hide, Fight. Two is Terror on the Prairie. And then three, uh, one is Shut In. I'm looking forward to more of the shit they're going to be doing. I'm actually looking forward to Candace Owens' uh, documentary, The Greatest Lie Ever Told About George Floyd and the Rise of BLM or whatever. It was supposed to come out like a month ago, and then they keep slacking on it. And I guess now it's supposed to come out Monday or Monday or Tuesday. It's one of those days. So we'll see. It got pushed back. Um, I would like to take this time to talk know. about we all just know the best thing they're going to do is called Chillicon. <laughs> <laughs> that one's, dude, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm a fucking adult, but I'm like, dude, chill a time. Hell yeah. Um, I'd like to take some time to talk about Wrestling Rundown because uh, in my rundown, there's a lot going on in the wrestling world. A lot. Not shit that I'm excited about, but shit that's like kind of bad and just kind of interesting to watch. One of them being... Um, Sasha Banks was officially released from her contract. We don't know yet if it was voluntarily or if they just fired her, but I think I talked about it on the show. If not, let me refresh in everyone's memories. Sasha Banks and Naomi were supposed to defend their tag team titles on an episode of Raw. They claimed they felt uncomfortable about who they were working with. They didn't like any of the finishes, and they ultimately just didn't like the way they were being booked, which I agreed. I was like, Sasha Banks is bigger than this. Why is she a tag team partner? I didn't like that from the get-go. Apparently, neither did they. So I guess the story is is they went into the head of creative, John Laurinaitis. They went into his office, laid their tag team title belts down, had their duffel bags, and they fucking left. And so we had been waiting forever to see what was going to happen. So it's official. Sasha was released from her contract. I don't know what's going on with Naomi. I don't care because Naomi to me was never a big deal, but they'll probably keep her on board because she is um, married to either Jimmy or Jay Uso, one of the Usos that had a fucking, has been arrested three times now for a DUI while driving under the influence like some other boy we're going to be talking about in a minute. But (laughs) she's gone now. No one knows where she's going. Um, She'll probably end up in AEW. I wouldn't be surprised because... There's a lot of wrestling companies you can go to now, but basically the big two are WWE and AEW. I mean, a lot of people consider WWE as the end-all, be-all. 
I would agree with that as a kid and as a teenager. But I'm an adult now, and I don't think WWE is really, like, the place. That was always the thing is WWE is big time. And I was like, yeah, I, I agree. But now I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that anymore. I don't think WWE is the major leagues anymore. I think between that and AEW, they're both the major leagues. There really isn't just WWE anymore. And now there's tons of companies. You know, there's New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's always been the equivalent to WWE in Japan. I don't watch it. Used to. I can't get into it. Impact Wrestling is basically a small company, but they've been around forever. Uh, fucking Ring of Honor's been around forever, but they got bought out by AEW. Um, really, I just don't consider WWE to be the big guy anymore. But it is, you know, a cool place to be. But yeah, I think Sasha will end up there. But speaking of AEW, a couple of things there. Um, Jeff Hardy got pulled over and has... Been arrested for driving under the influence again. Triple crown. Mm-hmm. And so basically him and Jimmy Uso can have a match. Winner takes the driver's license. Uh, <laughs> dude, you sent me that. I was like, so this is so sad because he was doing so well and he was sober for the longest time. And then he goes and gets fucked up again. Basically, AEW released a statement saying he's been suspended without pay. He must go to rehab and he must conclude there when he comes back and he shows signs that he completed rehab and that he's fine then they'll let him come back but i think that they're going to end up figuring out that they're going to have buyer's remorse because that's always been the issue with wwe and impact wrestling is they would hire jeff hardy he would do drugs they'd fire him they'd hire him again he'd do drugs they'd fire him back and forth back and forth so he's going back but who knows? Uh, I mean, if I were the cons, I'd be like, you know what? We shouldn't have invested in this guy in the first place. This was clearly just because he left WWE and he's a big name. His brother's already here. Let's do something with him. But they got to look at the the risk factor, which is this guy has a severe drug and drinking problem. That's a lot of money that you're going to blow, especially on a company that, yeah, Tony Khan's dad's a billionaire. But they don't want to invest a lot of money into this right away because they technically could be losing money. And in this case, they will be because they're going to hope that he comes back, make him do another contract probably. And if he breaks that, well, then they're fucked. They got to take him to court. Like, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I have high hopes for him. I love Jeff Hardy. I love the Hardy boys. So it's kind of nice to see him back. The thing is, they're both like 40, 50. So it's kind of time to stop making it about the big stars from the you know, 90s and 80s. Um, other than that, though, one more thing before we get to the juicy story. Uh, Cody Rhodes recently got injured. He tore his uh, pectoral muscle. And so if you Google this shit, it was like red and purple all right here. And it happened on an episode of Raw, but he had to wrestle Hell in a Cell that Sunday. And I guess the story is he was told he didn't have to and that he should go get surgery, which he was going to plan on doing, obviously. But he was like, no, I'm going to still wrestle the match. So he comes out. Nobody knows he's been injured. But he comes out, and he's, like, got one arm really weak, takes off his fucking coat, and you see it. And you're like, oh, bro. And they, like, you know, they announce it that he tore his peck. And so he's basically risking his career. 
And the crazy thing is, is even though he's basically partially disabled, he still gives it his all. And I watched this match, dude. This was a good match. WWE hasn't had a good match in years. Because in my opinion, AEW has been kicking their asses at good matches. This was a good fucking match, though, man. This one was totally worth watching. It's not a short 10-minute match. And Cody Rhodes gets the fucking hell beat out of him. Like, he doesn't baby it or nothing. Like, he's getting fucked up. So I got to give him credit for that, man. He's going to hands down be one of the best wrestlers ever. And that was crazy, though. The Peck thing, I was like, holy shit. And so then he came back to Raw the next night to announce that he'll be gone for a while. So he's going to be out of action for nine months, which sucks because they were building him to be the guy. He was going to end up, at least from what I'm, the conspiracy theory is, he was going to be the guy that dethroned Roman. And I was hoping for that. I was like, there's really only two guys right now that can be the guy, and that's either Drew McIntyre or fucking Cody Rhodes. Drew wrestled Roman a year or so ago, but it ended where Roman had him in the coquina clutch, whatever it's called. So Drew passed out and Roman won by that. And I was like, that's ah, fucking stupid. I was so mad. That was like an unfinished match. And, um, you know, Roman hasn't even been around. After he beat Brock at WrestleMania, he wasn't doing anything. He was at WrestleMania Backlash. You came over and watched it with me. He was in that tag match, not defending his belt. He wasn't at Hell in a Cell. And the rumor was he wasn't going to be at Money in the Bank. But then last night he had a match against uh, Matt Riddle. He beat Matt Riddle fair and square. And then he goes on the mic on a rant. There's no one left. Acknowledge me. Brock Lesnar's music hits. We're back to Brock and Roman again. I hope Brock actually wins this time because they've wrestled like three, four fucking times already in the last year. So I'm really hoping this isn't just to fill Roman's time because they want to keep Roman on board to wrestle the Rock at WrestleMania. But I'm hoping they don't keep him with the titles that long because he has both fucking belts. So there's like nothing interesting going on in WWE because of that. And in my opinion, Roman is such a big character now like The Rock. He doesn't need a belt to face The Rock at WrestleMania and headline as the main event. They did that with John Cena and The Rock the first time they wrestled. I don't remember what WrestleMania it was 10, 12 years ago. They headlined it. They were the main event. No champion on the line. It was generation versus generation, basically. Solid match. That's what should happen here. I don't think Roman should have the titles anymore if they're not going to have him around. He's going into acting, so he doesn't need to have both belts. He doesn't need any of them. But with WWE, that's all I got, except for the juicy part. Um, Have you heard the news about Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis? I know he said, I heard that he stepped down. Okay. So let me, but, um, I'm sorry, specifics. Okay. So here, here's what's going on. The wall street journal posted a, they, um, published a piece about Vince and, uh, Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis being involved in an affair with a paralegal that they hired uh, a couple of years ago. I guess they paid 3 million in hush money to keep her quiet because her affair meant that she couldn't talk about her time with Vince McMahon. That was the contract. Well, basically the WWE, you know, the being a publicly traded company, the board of directors got involved and now they're going to investigate it. So people are calling for WWE to be canceled, for Vince to be canceled. You know, same old shit that I was saying that these online Twitter fucking assholes always do. They get inside their fucking panties and they start whining because they want you to be their way. 
They're little fucking children. They've never had their asses kicked. They love putting stuff up their ass, but they don't know what they identify as. Anyway, these same people bitching about it. A day later, Vince McMahon announces that he's stepping down as CEO temporarily while this whole thing's being investigated. And Stephanie McMahon, who literally like weeks ago said she was taking time off, has now been named the current CEO. And again, it's just temporary, so we'll see what happens. But the story goes, um, Vince, yeah, he hired a paralegal and he started an affair with her because he is technically married to Linda McMahon, which, by the way, we found out something new about his marriage. Um, Had an affair, paid her hush money so she couldn't talk about it. And according to her, she was tossed to John Laurinaitis, the head of creative, like a toy, because then I guess he was fucking her too. So really, like, she kind of broke that contract, if you ask me, because she's not supposed to talk about it. But it really ain't her fault. Wall Street Journal somehow got a hold of that information and posted it. And it being that it's from the company's money, or they're they're saying it was from Vince's personal money, but if it was his personal money, it wouldn't be a big deal. So they're being investigated for uh, $3 million. And um, I guess the biggest eye-opener was the fact that when they hired her, her salary was 100000 a year. It jumped up to 200000 a year after the fact that she got involved with him which was like a year after they hired her. I don't even know. We don't really know much about the timeline. We don't even know when this fucking happened. But we do know this. Vince and Linda are legally married. They have not lived together for decades. Apparently, they are separated. So it's technically okay. I really don't understand what the big deal is, to be honest with you. If it's money that belonged to the company that he used, makes sense. That's not right. There needs to be consequences for that. Yes, it's his company, but it's a publicly traded company now. He owns, I think, 53 or 54% of it. But still, they can, you know, he's got people to answer to now. So if that's the case, then yes. But if it was his personal money and him and his wife aren't fucking together anymore and they're going through a divorce or just haven't, you know, got to it. No law was broken, and supposedly it's consensual. Really, that that woman kind of compromised herself. And if she's speaking out about it, well, she broke the contract. So if I were Vince, I'd be like, you know what? I'll step down because that's the heat I'm going to get for this. But give me my fucking money back. (laughs) That's what needs to happen. But the funniest thing. Vince McMahon showed up on SmackDown last night, and that was the day that he announced he was stepping down. He goes on SmackDown, and he's like, well, like the intro says, then, now, together, forever. Welcome to SmackDown. Then he walks out. Those so was weird. It was like, uh, I think he was sending a message, which is, I'm not going to back down. I'm going to fight. But he has to step down because being that it's a publicly publicly traded company, like any other company out there, they're going to turn into pussies and not protect their artists because they cave into little pussies at home that bitch and moan. That shit frustrates the fuck out of me, dude. We could talk for hours about cancel culture. I think it is literally hands down the most Nazi shit we've ever done. Nobody needs to be canceled for their personal shit. Like as a fan, you do not have power of these people's lives. You should not be allowed. If you bitch and you moan and you're not going to buy that product, 
They're fucking go over there and get another product. It's irritating that these companies don't do shit. That they cower into this shit. I can't stand these little fuck faces, man. <laughs> I hate them, dude. Fuck them. <laughs> Seriously, fuck them. I don't care who I offend. They literally can go fuck themselves. And apparently they don't even know how. If you don't know what bathroom to use, you don't know how to fuck yourself. Faggot. <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw one more in there. Figure it out. Figure it out. I'm just going on a roll with the F-A-G word. I don't know why. I think it's because somebody bitched well, me about saying it. Go ahead. So they open up their pants and they go, oh, God, I don't know how to use this. Basically, man, they're, like, so confused. It's to the point where I actually feel bad for a lot of them. I'm like, dude, they legit believe this shit that they spew. This isn't an act. They really believe this shit. That's so sad. It's like, man, I would kill myself. Like, <laughs> I couldn't take it. Fuck that. <clears throat> um, aside from the wrestling rundown, though, uh, I've been watching Stranger Things. I, um, I think I finished season two the other day. I never watched season three because I couldn't get into it when I tried. I watched it. I forced myself. It sucked. I'm watching season four now. Tremendous, dude. Like, have you ever watched Stranger Things? No. (laughs) (laughs) Do you watch Game of No? No, dude, it's good. Like, I was concerned when everyone was talking about it. Because I started watching it after the fact that people were like, oh, Stranger Things. But I watched it because one of my buddies was like, dude, you like Stephen King? You like 80s pop culture? That's the show you got to watch. And I was like, okay, whatever. I watched it, dude. The opening is clearly 80s music. Like, it's fucking 80s sci-fi. It's a story. It's basically E.T. meets Stephen King. Like, it's great. First two seasons are fucking awesome. Third one sucks shit. I don't care about it. The new one, though, I'm digging it. But I guess there's, like, they're in trouble for filming a oh, scene. Oh, it's the stupid, it's the stup- most stupid controversy of all time. Like, oh, it's a Nazi camp. No, it's not, you retards. It's a goddamn, like, hotel and, like, <clears throat> they, they, they took this, they took this prison and they made it into a like giant cultural place where they have like art and music and festivals and markets and a hotel and all kinds of cool stuff. These people got to stop just searching for things to get upset about. That's all they do. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I don't know why, but it's like my favorite word. But yeah, like I was saying, somebody was bitching at me about saying it's it. It's going to be a goddamn Wash It Post. It's going to be a Wash It Post article. Two fat guys on a podcast say faggot 17 times. <laughs> Dude, so here's the thing, man. Like, let's let's talk about this word because this is something that I don't think we've ever talked about on the show. So we live in a day and age where you can't say certain words now because they're offensive. Well, the word faggot actually comes from a bundle of sticks. Uh, it has many different origins, but let me just tell you this. Growing up in the 90s, your friend was a faggot. Your dad was a faggot. Anybody that wasn't cool was a faggot. <laughs> like, basically, it was a word that was used for what it's not meant for. 
it became like such a socially accepted word. And it's, it really isn't okay because it is an offensive term, but like where I'm coming from is I don't really ever remember calling a gay person a fag, but I do remember calling my buddy a fag for telling me, hey man, um, so listen, my mom said we can hang out after school, but I got to go home to change and then we could just go to your house and then we'll play Halo, but I got to be home by like 8.30 because apparently I'm going to church tomorrow. I'm like, dude, why can't you just like tell her you're skipping church? Why do you have to go straight home? You could just come to my house, wear my clothes. Well, because my mom says, I'm like, all right, dude, you're you're a fag. Let's go. Like, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about when I say the word. I'm not talking about gay people. I don't know where they got their panties in a bunch over this shit. So that being said, apparently I've said it a couple times on the show, which I'm pretty sure I have. Guaranteed, dude. I say it on a daily basis. I said it. But this person messaged me and was like, you know, you really need to think about the things you say. It's online. You could lose your job and i'm like well fuck if that happens i guess i'd be a jobless faggot i don't know <laughs> so they stopped talking to me but it had me thinking i was like you know what i do say it a lot and i probably should say it more um <laughs> just to fuck with people because the thing is dude i still think it's hilarious it's a funny fucking word it's just a way to describe your friend for being dumb a way to describe your dad because he's being a dumbass like have you ever actually called a gay person that no, I would never I would never to like some gay person's face like you're a fag. Unless he's being well, one. But <laughs> when I'm but when I'm talking to a large group of people who are acting like faggots. Yeah, you're like, let's go fags, we're leaving. And people don't understand. People think faggot means gay person. No, it doesn't. A it faggot means something is that someone sucks. who's boring. Yes. Boring or a loser. Yeah, exactly. And that's What's weird is like it's kind of always been that way. In the past, yeah, people use it as a like it's not a racial slur, as an offensive slur meant to basically talk down to an entire group of people. That's what it was used for for sure, especially in the early days. The fifties and sixties were big on that. You know that it wasn't widely accepted, and even in the nineties, I wouldn't say it was as accepted as it is today but you never heard anyone use that word towards a gay person in a, in an attempt to be harmful it was always just a word that you used to call your friend something just because he's being stupid and there really is no sexual innuendo i mean there's a little bit like here's an example i had a buddy who uh he loved playing Dungeons and dragons and we were like god dude you're so gay and it turns out he was very feminine. And so we're like, bro, are you fag? Come on, just say it. And he would get mad as shit. So maybe a little bit of sexual innuendo there, but it was never meant to be towards that. Just like the N-word. Now I'm not going to say it because I really do try to be careful about that. Not because I'm trying to be nice to people, but I'm trying to run a business here. So basically, <laughs> I never ever called my friends the N-word. Because he was black. However, if he was acting like an N-word, for sure would call him that. Like, a perfect example. This is my favorite story to tell people. I used to work with a guy who was very progressive, right? Like, very liberal and shit. But he had a little dark, humorous side to him. His favorite word happened to be fag, so that was always thrown around. 
Well, one night we're having a serious conversation. You know, we're supposed to be paying attention to cameras. We're not. He's fucking around with pistachio. And like, he's not paying attention because he's talking to me. His fingers crack it perfectly. And the fucking nut flies out. And right before his eyes, like he catches it in time, but he goes click. And he's like, no, like that. And I'm like, did you just say the N word? And he was like, yeah, I don't know why. It's just, fuck. And it made me laugh because I was like, bro, that's me. I do that all the time. Like, my kid will kick me in the shin sometimes, dude. It it hurts. It does not feel good. Hey, Daddy, good morning. How are you? Check this out. And then a fucking <laughs> super kick to the shin. I'm like, ow, you little nigga. <laughs> like, these words are meant as a playful insult. But we've taken it to the point where you just, you get banned. Like, I'm pretty sure the first time I said the F word on this show, that person probably stopped listening to this shit. So if the viewership in this episode goes down, we'll know why. But yeah, the fucking, it's annoying that it's so like sensitive. Hear me out, ladies and gentlemen. If you stop listening to this because we said faggot, then you're a faggot. We don't want you listening. This is a fag free zone. <laughs> Get out of here, fags! <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this reminds me of that episode from South Park. Did you ever see that shit about them saying fag? Dude, we're to insult a group of bikers saying yeah. that motorcycles ruined everyone else's nice time. I love with Big Al. They all think that it's about them. And the kids are like, no, we're talking about fucking bikers. And they're like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. And when the bikers are about to attack the kids, fucking Big Al shows up with a shotgun. Boom! And he's like, we've had enough. You faggots get the hell out of our town. <laughs> <laughs> I was dying. I was like, dude, that was great. Like, <laughs> we're gonna get it. We need a sound. Uh, we need to get a soundboard and make that one of the sounds. You faggots get out of our town. <laughs> I was gonna call this episode like review up, but I think I'm gonna just call it the <laughs> the the F word episode. <laughs> the infamous F word, like. Oh, God, because I wasn't trying to make this whole show about it, but, like, after I went on my rant, I was like, I'm going to start dropping this word. And you know what? You're right. We do need a soundboard, but it has to be, like, like really – they can't expect it coming. we got to have, like, a serious conversation, and then all of a sudden you hear the soundboard insert the word. It's like, yeah, so I give it a four-star faggot, and um, – <laughs> hey, what did you just say? <laughs> that shit would be fucking awesome. We'd probably offend a lot of people. If we haven't offended a lot of people by now, I'd be very fucking surprised. Because we speak very freely. And I've told people this, too. Because, like I said, I've got a lot of friends that are, like, hardcore left that want to come on the show. And I'm like, yo, man, I don't know if you want to do that because we don't have any rules. Like, we really don't. We know what not to talk about. We kind of hit that moment where we're like, hey, let's uh, – otherwise – we pretty much say whatever the fuck we want. I've said the N-word like numerous times on this show. It's a good thing we're not famous because if we were, we'd be in so much trouble. But the thing is, man, is that... Scared, no exactly. Like, if I got told, like, hey... So say Spotify was like, hey, we can't um, advertise for you anymore. Uh, we're going to cut your distribution. I'd be like, oh, man, that's fucking gay. Like, I just... <laughs> I'd start fucking with him. I'd get on here like, hey, since Spotify says that I can't say the word queer now. <laughs> get that. 
the hell out of our town. <laughs> Dude, oh my god, that's the best part. Get the hell out of our town. I love the giant freaking uh, side of his gaze against fags. Yeah, his gaze against there's the freaking dude in the, in the freaking leather freaking stripper suit. <laughs> he goes, I'm just crying. Get the hell out of our town. <laughs> that's the best part, dude. Yeah, it's like, definitely going on the soundboard, boy. I love when they're arguing. They're out in the desert, and the guy's like, yeah, what is so gay about this? And he turns on his motorcycle, and he's like, yeah, yeah. And the leader's like, Brian, Brian, I'm trying to talk, fag. <laughs> he's like oh no they have us doing it to ourselves now the very beginning is the best part when they're driving and they're like yeah everyone's paying attention to us they think we're pretty cool and they see the two kids in the car in front of them they're waving then they get a sign that says faggot <laughs> dude that's hands down one of the best episodes that South Park has ever done because it addresses what we're talking about with that word is that it really essentially South Park is right. We're talking about annoying bikers. <laughs> They're a prime example, but I'm also talking about that fuck face that's on Twitter that starts talking shit. And I'm like, yeah, shut up. Faggot. Like, I'm just, just saying as an example, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> fuck man. Uh, anyway, uh, Shit, that's kind of all I brought to the table, unless you got something to add. Wait, what are you looking at? Hello, faggot! <laughs> are you fucking with a soundboard? Faggot! <laughs> Hell yeah. On 20 bridges, the faggot talk! Jesus. <laughs> Dude, those are cool. This is what we need when we're getting serious in a show. Faggot! <laughs> It's great. Oh my god, we need shirts that just say it, just across, and see if somebody actually wears it. What you fucking faggot? <laughs> yes. What you fucking faggot? That's the best one. Saving this one. What you fucking faggot? I love just, just drop it along the next few episodes. Oh god, this is too good. I love Idev. He's he's the best. Oh my god, dude. Oh my god. I want to do another one. It's the uh, my internet's so slow right now for some reason. What are you fucking oh. retarded? Yep, that was getting on the soundboard too. What are you fucking retarded? <laughs> These are great. These are fucking great. These are fucking great. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna get a soundboard up and run for next episode. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. But um, thanks guys for listening. Man, I'm very echoey in your background. What the hell? Are you fucking gay? All I know, all I know is that when next time I watch a Gina Carano movie, let me see your tits, fat bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Um, yeah, I freaking love Ice He's so good. Fuck yeah. Fuck. Um, but thanks, hey, guys, for listening. That's pretty good. 
like what you heard here and you would like to check out more. Hey, like it's pretty good. What the fuck? <laughs> Go to the greatgirthpodcast.com. I'm Tony here with my homie Austin. Austin, sir, I will see you on Friday. Friday. Adios.